heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. And today we're going to continue the topic we started last week. Back in studio with us, and I wasn't here last week, so I'm very glad to be here. This week we have Darren Kuhn, a friend of the show, founder of the show, uh, just a really good friend to all of us. We've all uh, learned a lot from him over the years. Jim, I'd like to say the same thing about you. And Andy uh, will be on today. We don't have Robbie. It seems kind of weird not to have Robbie. I thought he lived here. <laughs> I don't he know. doesn't? No, I, I thought really? he did. Yeah. But, uh-huh. uh, Darren, would you kind of share with us a little bit about the topic we, we started last week and what we're going to continue this week? Yeah, we, we started talking about um, the the grace that we need in our families for dealing with anybody in our family including ourselves quite frankly um that's caught up in sin and so even using that type of a a terminology caught up in sin might uh i don't know that might inflame some ideas for some of us but uh, that the whole idea here is how do we deal with other people's brokenness How do we deal with our own brokenness? And when I say brokenness, I think if you're a longtime listener to this show, you know exactly what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about, and I don't have to explain that. But um, brokenness could be uh, addiction. It could be some sort of compulsive behavior. It it could be um, depression. It could be uh, any kind of sin or um, way of being. A way of being would be a better way of saying that just because not every way of being is sinful, but sometimes my ways of being might grade against other people. Um, You know, some days I might forget to wear deodorant. (laughs) Some of the thing it's hard for people to understand, I think, is a lot of times you we talk about that term addiction. You know, what comes to people's minds, obviously, alcohol, drugs. Um, you know, pornography, whatever that might be, sex addiction. Mm-hmm. But there's that's that's not the only things we're talking about here, right? No, not at all. Um, ultimately, what has happened in my life um, over the last year or two um, has really caused me to wrestle with this whole concept of um, wanting change in my own life, wanting change in someone else's life. Um, in many people's lives that I am in relationship with, whether it's family members or friends or whatever, and and how to produce that change. And ultimately, I think, number one, it starts with that myth that I can't produce change in anyone else. I'm lucky to produce it in my own life, but even if I can grasp hold of something that might cause change, what would that be? Oftentimes in Western culture, we use shame, we use guilt, we use um, consequences of a negative behavior, warnings, um, things like that, all of which 
you know, maybe the person is guilty. Maybe the person should be ashamed. Maybe the person has sinned. Maybe there will be negative consequences. So I'm not necessarily saying that any of those things are are wrong in and of themselves as far as a, 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 a process, but reminding that person of that guilt or that shame um, may not be the thing that's going to change them. In fact, it's I can promise you scripturally it won't change them. It will only drive them further into that behavior that you're trying to change. Oh, they've already got one accuser in their life. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't need a, a boatload more. Can you um, talk about something that you had ri- written that I read through that just talks about this cycle that people go through? Yeah. So um, I, I honestly believe that this is Satan's oldest ploy. Um, that he used it with Adam and Eve, that he used it with Cain and Abel. I think we've seen it from the very, very beginning. And and it starts out with this lie that God doesn't really care about my present position. Um, it may sound like any number of other lies, but, but the root of the lie is God really doesn't care about my present position, or he would do something about it. He would change it. He would fix it. He would fix me. He would fix that person, whatever. And so there seems to be an abundance of evidence that indicts God of not caring. So that's where the cycle would start. And then it's pretty easy to believe that if you've got all of this evidence, supposedly, and then that moves on to that lie begins to produce some fruit. It it changes the way I respond to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it changes my behavior. And then that that fruit that that produced that demands condemnation. All of the sudden, oh no, I acted in this way. I believed God didn't care about me. Ah, and then I start condemning myself, and I start shaming myself, or someone else condemns me, or someone else shames me. And then that shame causes hiding. You know, we, we don't want to be caught in our shame. That's why we have those dreams about going to school and, you know, being in front of the class in our underwear. That's that's where that's from. You know, I mean, it's we're scared of shame. And so shame um, inflames fear um, and fear always demands something it it demands me taking care of the fear i have to bed the fear down i've got to do something to either forget about the fear change the fear um we as men i think i I speak for myself in in this room i can't speak for anybody else but when i'm scared the the number one emotion that hits me is anger Mm -hmm. when i'm scared if i'm angry you can probably bet that i'm scared about something um, especially if it's a, a really quick, just boom, off the handle mm. anger, you can almost, almost always attach that to fear somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I was just thinking, as you were talking, that used to be my default more so, and then I knew that that wasn't good, and I had messed up a lot of people's lives going off on them and stuff like that. So then it became, um, you know, hiding or running away from the situation so I didn't have to deal with it, and that mm. doesn't work either. The only way is to com- com- confront it, you know, whenever you're dealing with something, you speak truth that, in love, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, shame is something that people believe works, right? And on some level, it probably does. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, because if there was no truth in it, we wouldn't believe it. But I want to go to a clip before we get too much further. And um, it's from the movie Despicable Me. 
And Andy, if you want to go ahead and just set that up. Yeah, that's uh, it's the part where um, the orphans are getting coming back in from selling, and um, they didn't uh, do as well as uh, the lady expected. What's also interesting, listen for it too, is kind of how that woman propagates the orphan spirit with the kids. Right, they were out selling cookies, so let's see how they did. Hi, Miss Hattie, we're back. Hello, girls. Anybody come to adopt us while we were out? Hmm, let me think. No. Edith, what did you put on my desk? A mud pie. You're never going to get adopted, Edith. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I know. Good. So how did it go, girl? Did we meet our quotas? Mm, sorta. Oh, we sold 43 mini mints, 30 taco swirlies, and 18 coconutties. You say that like it's a great sale day. Look at my face. Do you still think it's a great sale day? 18 coconutties. I think we can do a little better than that. Don't you? Yeah. We wouldn't want to spend the weekend in the box of shame. Would we? No. No, no Miss Hattie. Okay, good. Off you go. Go clean something of mine. <laughs> Jim, you were going to say something before we went to the clip. Well, it was a, a trigger phrase of mine, and it's speaking the truth of love. Mm-hmm. I've rarely heard it spoken in love. <laughs> it's a setup for, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, Yeah, you and down. I do love you, mm-hmm. but, and there's always that but at the end of it. So I sort of had a knee-jerk reaction, and I was still reacting, I guess, <laughs> when we went into the clip. When we listen to that clip, though, you know, Darren, there's that lie right right at the beginning yeah. that the lady just feeds right into. Yeah, I mean, immediately, you know you're never going to get adopted with behaviors like putting a mud pie on my desk. And then she follows it up with, you know that, don't you? Now, if you're a longtime listener to this show – you would recognize that as an agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, that woman has just mouthed Satan's lie and followed it up with Satan's question. Oh, you agree, don't you? And, you know, the little girl says, yeah, I know, you know. Um, and it, it seems, you know, I love I love Despicable Me. It's one of my favorites. And, and yet it's got some really deep stuff in there when you look at it. Um, we tell ourselves that all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know you're never going to beat this, don't you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I loved her intonation because it's, we're defeated. Yeah. Right yeah. there, we right. bought it. Yeah. Bought into the lie. You know, and then there's a whole, you don't want to be in the box of shame for the weekend. Right. You know, and that's a, that somewhat does motivate people as we talked about a minute ago. You know, as I was thinking about the movie Despicable Me, it really echoes a lot of what we're talking about today, right? As oh, yeah. you watch the whole movie, yeah. it kind of runs through and, and goes from this place of shame, of guilt, of living not in the truest form of who the people are mm-hmm. and how they're changed through love and grace. You know, and it's pretty, it's actually a very good movie. Andy, I'm going to make fun of you because you haven't watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I don't like animated films. I love that. Yeah. yeah I, actually, I'm on the opposite end. I really love animated films because I think sometimes they can tell some truths that people wouldn't listen to if it was a live action. Mm-hmm. You know, they can kind of say things in a way that uh, um, kind of goes past your filter, mm-hmm. you know, and speak some truth. Not all of them, but some, some of them. Um, you know, that's actually been some of the more powerful clips for me over the years is been uh, from animated that's probably because i'm a kid at heart (laughs) but i think it's also because i've had kids for 30 some years you know and so you get used to seeing all those movies over and over and over (laughs) yeah you you see them enough to where you can actually memorize the lines and oh i didn't i didn't realize that was in there actually you know so yeah when you wear out a dvd you've watched it a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's not like the old vcrs you know the tapes well, would like for you to go to maskandjourneyradio.org where you can listen to some past podcasts. You can listen to last week's show if you missed it or other shows on some of the topics that Darren's talked about. But you also can register for the upcoming boot camp coming up in November. Go to maskandjourneyradio.org to register now. Hi, this is Sam with Mask and Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. It's a Masculine Journey Boot Camp BOGO. Buy one, give one free. $199. What an amazing thing that would be to give somebody a gift, and what they really end up getting is their heart back. Listen to what it did for Andy. The Masculine Journey Boot Camp experience showed me I could truly hear from God, and that I could experience Him on a daily basis. Coming this fall, November 1st through the 4th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. No more guilt, no more shame, no more thinking I can't change Who I was is dead and gone, who I am is moving on Saved by grace, held by love, because of what your cross has done You've thrown away the prison doors, hallelujah God, I am condemned no Wow, I don't even know that song. Who do you guys know that song? I found. Oh, yeah, you need to speak in the microphone. Uh, sorry, yeah, Jim stole my microphone. I'm gonna talk to talk to him about speaking <laughs> truth and love here in a minute too. No, yeah, I was just looking for something, and it's hard to find stuff. You know, uh, we've we've kind of hit around these uh, topics several times. So anyway, I I found that Josh Wilson is the singer, and I've heard other stuff behind uh, from him, but I've never uh, heard that song, and it was spot on. Yeah, it was really good. I'll have to go listen to it. Thank you, Andy. Sure. I'll give you a hard time, but that was really good. <laughs> um, coming back to our topic, we're, we're talking about loving people through brokenness, which another way that, you know, we've talked a little bit about it over the last, this week and last week was a lot of times that's a type of an addiction, mm-hmm. right? And it could be any type of addiction, mm-hmm. right? That anything that's going to pull you to comfort, to pull you to a place where you feel safe that's not God, you know, something or numbs you. Right. Right. You know, I remember when I was really struggling at work years ago, um, I used to want to come home and play video games. And it was more just because it was completely mind numbing. Not because I really cared whether I won or lost as much as it was just mind numbing. And it actually became somewhat of an addiction. 
I, I did the same thing when I was very young, um, probably, I don't know, 19 or 20 years old and in a sales job. Um, people thought because, you know, I talk good and, and speak party good and, and stuff like that, <laughs> that it would be, you know, that the best job in the world for me would be sales and out knocking doors. And I absolutely hate sales, um, hate it, despise it. And yeah, I would uh, find myself either at a pool hall shooting pool in the middle of the day when I should have been out selling <laughs> or going home for lunch and just staying home the rest of the afternoon and playing Mario Brothers or something, um, to which my wife was very unhappy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was and it was literally an addiction. And that's all it was. It was an escape because it was it kept my mind off of hating the life that I was living at the time. Yeah, it's that whole escape thing in, in one form or another. Um, you talked about something last week, Darren, I'd like for you to revisit, if you would, is this whole concept of law. Yeah. And where's what's law really rooted in? Yeah, well, you know, we I'd mentioned last week that we, we often think of Satan as the great lawbreaker, um, you know, the thief, the, the uh, um, accuser, all of these things, that he's a great lawbreaker, but he's also a really, really good lawmaker. Um he knows the law very well. In fact, he tried to use it with Jesus, right? When when Jesus and he are in the wilderness, he uses the law three different times with Jesus and, and basically quotes the law. And Jesus knew how to fight that off. Um, we, too many times, don't know how to fight that off. Jesus, I mean, uh, Satan will use the law, scriptural law against you, but he'll use all kinds of other laws. It doesn't have to be... The law that says drive 55, it could be the church law. It could be the, the law of, of, you know, at church we behave in this way. When that song comes on, everybody raises their hands, you know, raises their holy hands to the Lord. And maybe I don't feel like raising my holy hands to the Lord today. Maybe I want to sit down, but the peer pressure next to me and everybody's going to, oh, no, Darren's caught in sin again. You know, he didn't take communion this week. Now he's not raising holy hands. He didn't say the Lord's Prayer. And so, right. And, yeah. and, and, and when he did, he fumbled through it. Uh, he did not have it memorized. And so all of those things, Satan is really good at using shame um, against us and using the unwritten, the unspoken law. Yeah. And there are so many things that we just assume in our church that have nothing to do with the Bible. And I love, I forget who said it, but it's one of my favorite expressions on it, The that sacred cows make the best hamburger. <laughs> if we can destroy those things yeah. that we consider sacred that are yeah. really idolatry, yeah, instead of, worshiping god we're saying oh we're worshiping you know wearing a suit to church or we're worshiping uh ladies heads being covered or all those other things that are going to get us canceled because people will call in and complain that we we could go after that right. are really legalism mm -hmm. and we're not there we're free <laughs> and so we need to address those yeah, we have a actually in love. Real, in love, in love, <laughs> and not just speaking the truth in love. Uh, we have a clip actually that really shows this societal type legalism. And it's from the movie Les Mis. Andy, if you want to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, it's just where, um, uh, Fon what is it, Fontaine? Or Fontaine. Uh, um, she's um, 
having some, she's um, pregnant without um, being married, and she's coming and petitioning the court or, 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 or labor or something, but she's just trying to get some help, and, and that this person seems to have never had any grace bestowed upon her because she's sure not showing it, and she's just caught up in the legalism, and again, it's just a picture of what we deal with a lot of times where people get hung up on the minutia instead of looking at people's hearts. Yeah, from this, from her background, that's what had happened right. to her. And now she has a child right. that she tries to hide that, that comes about and just kind of listen to how society says that she and should be the reason handled. she was hiding that she had a child was because the child was out of wedlock. Right. Absolutely. Please don't let me go now, madame. My little girl is sick. You, you read about it in that letter from the people who take care of her. You, you see, they write she's got the military fever. They need 40 francs for medicine or she'll die in a week. Who are these people, the Tenardiers? Are they relatives? No, not relatives. So, you deliberately left your child with strangers to conceive. You're dismissing me for having a child and you ask why I'm not being dismissed her? for having a child. You're being dismissed for having a child out of wedlock and then pretending to be an honest I have woman. to earn money to feed her. How can I work and take care of her? I have to lie. You make it sound as though your lie is my fault. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm upset. I don't mean to argue, madame. My cosette is a sweet little girl. An innocent little girl. Don't punish her for my sin. I was stupid. I, I fell in love. In love. I... That is always the excuse. Yes, you're right. I'm bad. I'm a bad person. But the Tenardiers are good people. They have two daughters of their own. My cosette can play with them. She won't be so lonely. She's better off with them. Only I have to make money to pay for her medicine. Please. Just a month, I'll work hard. Monsieur Le Maire cares about his workers. He cannot have women of questionable morals influencing the girls. I'm sorry. So obviously in this scenario, there's some unspoken laws or some spoken laws, mm-hmm. right, of this society. And, and so what really happens to that person? Are they set free? In the midst of you know living up to those laws is what we're really kind of talking about, and Andy, that's not what happened to her, right? No, not at all. She was she wasn't shown grace till late, much later in the movie with John Val. John did that, and that whole movie really is an example. Not only there that that um, instance there, that scene, but you know the whole time Jay Bear is all over John Val. John continually trying to hold him in a place of of legalism, of, of, of mm-hmm. authority over him because of that legalism, because his faults. And, you know, it, you know, it's so much about the grace of God that what pulls people out of that. When they're shown grace, then they have the ability to show the grace to others. And and I, I'll tell you from per- personal experience, I really wouldn't didn't, uh, didn't really understand how to give grace until I really realized that I really needed it and God really gave it to me. Absolutely. Now, Darren, I, we talked a little bit before the show, but it can be confusing. I mean, you see laws like that or unspoken laws, and you go, wow, that's not right, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, Jesus also says, you know, give Caesar what's due to Caesar. Yeah. And so how do you say, okay, yeah, if, if laws are um, brought about so trespass increases, which I'll ask you to explain that here in a minute, but how do you reconcile that with give Caesar what's due to him and things that, you know, you may just say, I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean— it, I think the people um, asking Jesus those questions at the time were looking for an option out um, and whether their motives were wrong um, or right really doesn't matter. But Jesus just basically says, look, the law that this society has 
lived by and has laid down is still the law and you should obey that law um and he doesn't go into all the reasons why i mean we could pontificate about that for a long time um it would it would destroy perhaps your ability to share the truth with people if you didn't um there's all kinds of reasons why we should obey the laws that are within the um, realm of obeyable by the christian person i mean you know then there's some laws that there's some things that are legal that i would say as a christian i cannot do and there are probably some things um that others who have been put in this position um may say well this is breaking this says that this is breaking the law but as a christian i I have a problem with that, and and I don't believe that I'm breaking that law. And so, and there's probably arguments to be made both sides, but it's a lot like what Paul says um, in in Galatians and in Romans and and uh, in Titus and other places where he talks about this. He was always accused, kind of, of well, now wait a minute, you're giving people a license to sin and so i'm sure probably you want to talk about that at some point yeah like right now it works okay <laughs> um, so that's uh i love being with sam um yeah i mean it paul basically says that and and everywhere paul went there was somebody in the crowd and it was always a legalist let me tell you um that was yelling it the loudest but i believe there were probably also faithful followers of Jesus who were struggling with law and grace in their own life who may have often said to Paul, but Paul, Paul, wait, wait. Yeah, I, I, I understand this grace thing, but man, it sure sounds like you're saying people can do anything they want and be forgiven for it. And so Paul has to repeatedly um, say again, don't let your freedom be a license to sin, but... And, and again, that's why he says in Titus 2 that grace has appeared to all men, and this grace is the thing that teaches us to say no to ungodliness, to say no to fleshly desires, and to say yes to God in this present age. And so that's the struggle we all live in is where do we go? Well, I have learned it's easier for me to love people into behavioral change when I use grace rather than anything else. And if you don't know what to do with that, because we didn't really sum up the, the topic today, we'll have to revisit some more. Go to Jesus and say, Jesus, how do I show grace in this situation? I want to thank you for listening and ask that you go pray that today because there's everybody needs some grace. Amen.